the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. That was a quote from William Shakespeare, as you like it. Welcome to The Coaching Question. This is a podcast for people who want to know more about coaching, how and when to use it, and really, what is it all about? Join me, Sarah Turner, and my colleague, Gregor Finley, two executive coaches, for an honest conversation. And in today's episode, we ask the question, when is the use of metaphor useful in coaching? So let's kick off, Gregor, by me asking you, how did you sleep last night? Like a log. And we could talk about metaphors all day long because we take it for granted. We, we use them all the time subconsciously in our, in our language. It'd be useful to start off with a definition. And the essence of metaphor is understanding and experiencing one kind of thing in terms of another. Yes, so a classic example is it's raining like cats and dogs, for example. Yeah, there's, are, there are ways in which we compare one thing to another. Absolutely, and they describe how something is like or different to something else. So I might say I feel as if I'm trapped underground or I'm walking on sunshine. Both are highly charged metaphors and they're really full of symbolic language and that's the value of metaphor. Yeah, I love there's a, a quote from James Russell Lowell I came across in Democracy from 1884. So the language is a bit different, but he says, but a metaphor is no argument, though it be sometimes the gunpowder to drive one home and embed it in the memory. Mm. I think that's a fantastic quote. Mm. And what that speaks to for me is the visual element of it. It embeds it in the memory. Yeah, it's so useful for leaders if they want to take a, we'll talk about this later on, but taking a complex idea, but being able to wrap it up in a simple, highly, often highly visual uh, construct uh, is fantastic. It's hugely valuable, yeah. And the, the other way of thinking about metaphor by Virginia Satir, fabulous Virginia Satir, where she describes metaphor as another kind of way to talk about human feelings. And she makes a very good point that, that our English language is actually quite limited when we're trying to find words to describe our feeling. And so a metaphor makes it possible to get a new sound or a new sight, a new touch, a new feel, and a new thought about something. And she says that is what creates change. And that brings up for me, there's a condition called alexithymia. What's that? Um, which is small... Uh, well, it's a small part of the population. There's a there's a very small part of your brain that deals with how you describe how you're feeling. Right. And then some people, it's so undeveloped they cannot express a feeling. And so you ask, you'll recognise this. You ask someone how they're feeling, and they give you a thinking answer. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times you ask them for a feeling; they will not give you a feeling. But if ask if you ask them to say what's it like they'll give you a metaphor. Mm. And through that, you can access the feeling. I think that's what Virginia Satir is talking about. Mm. It's an easy way to really access those feelings. And if I think about how I apply that with my kids, because I know that for some people, as you say, being able to describe how they're feeling is, is really quite unusual. It's uncommon. It's unfamiliar for them because it's not something they learned to do growing up. And I think that some of this is obviously generational as well. But one of the things I'm trying to work on with my kids is, you know, when they're feeling upset is to get them to try and label their feelings. You know, what mm. is it you're feeling? Uh, is it you're angry? Are you sad? Are you upset? Are you anxious? 
And again, sometimes they really struggle to, to label it. They, they can't think of the right word. And it's okay, can you draw it? Can you tell me what it's like for you? What, what's it, how's it feeling? Where are you feeling it in your body? So it's a way of really exploring and giving them that language, that the, the tools, I suppose, to be able to express themselves in a yeah. way that may not, you know, they may not easily be able to find the words for. And we, I think we forget that English is limited in terms of how, how you describe feelings. I heard this lovely story about this little boy who'd come off a big slide, like some, uh, they'd gone to um, Thorpe Park or someplace. It wasn't Thorpe Park, but someplace like mm-hmm. that. And he'd come off this really big slide and he was so excited. Someone says, what was that like? And he just went, oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the parents were going, why, why are you angry? It's that he felt a huge intensity of emotion. And didn't know what it was. And it, well, and he didn't know what a dog was. He didn't know how he could describe it. But the only other intense emotion he knew was anger. Oh, bless him. So that's what he said. I felt so angry. It was brilliant. You know, so I, I thought it's, it's a really interesting thing. So metaphor gives us a way to really articulate things that we would normally find really difficult. And I think and it's to articulate things in a, in a really different way. And so often, you know, clients will come to a coaching session straight from a meeting so they're, they're in work mode, they're in the analytical mode, they're thinking constructively or, you know, they're, they're in that kind of problem solving mode. And so they can become very stuck in their heads by talking about that issue that they're bringing to the coaching session and, and keep moving around and around the same problem. And we can do the same as a coach. We can get stuck in that with them. Yeah, they locked, locked into that wordy thinking partner like a goldfish swimming round and round in the same boat. Absolutely. And so... By using metaphor, we can start to try and, A, as a coach, recognize that's what we're doing and actually lift our client out of that familiar and open up new thinking, new waterways, to use your goldfish example. And so often I might do that by asking them, you know, what they might be feeling or how something feels or where they might be feeling that in their body, which again is just lifting them out of that mental head space and into a different sense, a different, different state of awareness. Yes, and I can't remember who, who I learned this from, but, you know, I was thinking about the, the unconscious mind. It's symbolic in nature. It doesn't un- understand. Somebody said to me the unconscious mind is like a five-year-old. Yeah, it doesn't understand really complex things. Yeah. Um, but it's symbolic in nature, and we can use metaphor to communicate with the unconscious, communicate with that emotional self, not the analytical cognitive mind that brings a challenge to a session. Yeah. But it's a, a, it's a metaphor, it's a tool that translates complex ideas and concepts and it's something that the unconscious, abstract part of the mind can, can really understand and work with. I think it'd be good to explore then how, how this shows up in coaching because I know we've got some stories to share. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I, it really struck me once. I was, I was talking with this HRD in this big, big organisation with 16,000 employees in Europe and so they're trying this big change programme and they finally came up with this metaphor about sailing from one country to another mm-hmm. across this expanse of sea. And that metaphor really helped people frame that they were on this journey. So I think one of the areas I use metaphor is to help leaders communicate complex change narratives. Yeah. You know, they've got this really complex thing they've got to do. But if they can find a metaphor for themselves and then they can use that to communicate that complex narrative mm-hmm. to older people, then 
they're all talking the same language. They can all get on the get on the same page. There's another metaphor you just use. Same um, on the same so that's sheet. What, yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, the same from the same sheet. So that's one. I think another is when working with identity. Mm-hmm. I find it really useful there. So it's like a conductor, like a captain, like a virtuoso, like a rowing corps. Mm. You know, that you, you can inhabit the values of an identity and they're all metaphor. So just just can you can you expand on one of those just to give an example for our listeners? I think I think we may have talked about it in another episode, but say for example, I had I asked a client what their existing identity was, you know, what's it like being them? And they basically they were a fixer, a sorter of problems. Mm-hmm. And so because they were the fixer and sorter of problems, they rolled their sleeves up and got stuck in. However, their job was not to be a fixer and sorter. Their job was to delegate that those things to others. Mm-hmm. And so the much more useful identity for them to hold was a conductor of an orchestra because it wasn't about playing the violin well. It was about conducting the whole symphony. And did you offer that metaphor or did the client discover that themselves? In that particular case, I think I might have suggested conductor, but he really grabbed on that. I, I offered him a few. Yeah. So, I, But I can give another example. Uh, there was a client that was being, I mean, this was a director who was being bullied at board level by, or at executive team level. He was getting bullied by the, the VPs there. And he... He was very introverted, so I let him go away and think about it. And he came back with the metaphor of sumo. His identity was to be like a sumo wrestler. And he had a little Natsuki, a little Buddha, which wasn't a sumo, but it was like a sumo. And he could feel that in his pocket, and that would remind him to be like a sumo. Oh, I love that. It was a lovely. That uh, was, was early on in my career. And it was just – so uh, most of the time I will ask – someone what their current identity is and go away and think about someone but this in, in that particular instance I did I did offer that one up yeah and I and I, I I don't didn't ask you that with any kind of sense of judgment I just think it's interesting because I think one of the things we can where we can add value as a coach is to offer a perception or a sense you know the sense I have is that you know the role so I had a very similar example with conductor where with somebody a client who was who was felt very responsible for everything that was that was happening in his job and was struggling with that responsibility and and I just offered that my my sense of what he was saying was that perhaps the need was for him to be more of a conductor and and that meant very similar to your point that he didn't need to be the specialist but actually the person who's stepping back and you know directing things um which re- again yes. really landed for him so I think sometimes that's we can we can offer that perspective because we're acting like a mirror we're reflecting back and we're sharing our own sense and sometimes it lands sometimes it doesn't or sometimes it, it although it, it itself it might land it might not land it kind of triggers something else for the client and so they actually you know get to a new they get to a new place don't they as a result yeah so it's, but like like an orchestral conductor not a bus conductor yes yes and I think the third area I really use it in is to bring non-work parts of a person's identity into the workplace. Okay. So I'm working, been working with someone who is also their sort of orchestra level, their musician, you know, that's their hobby, but they studied and they used to give performances. You know, they were the soloists in front of the orchestra. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's it like? if you were the performer in front of the stage, 
giving this presentation. And so it's helping them to access that part of them? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So you use the metaphor to help them access that part of their personality that they're not bringing to the party. Mm. So with a consultancy organisation, there can be partners in the room. So you're worried about the partners or the seniors, and you can say, what would this be like if they were clients? Mm -hmm. And suddenly it accesses a a whole different part of their toolkit that they weren't accessing before. Mm. So you're 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 upskilling, but you're upgrading their capacity mm. by just helping them through metaphor. You help them access all these capacities that they had already, but were not using. So, how do you use metaphor in your practice? So, well, as I've already talked about, there's something about just reflecting back what I'm seeing and what I'm noticing, and offering a metaphor to see if it if it lands. So, I've used animals often. If I think of an, an example I had with a, a working mum who was trying to balance her professional identity and her home identity, and when she was at home, she wanted to sort of be this sort of nurturing, almost like a kind of a, a gorilla, kind of hunched down with her arms out wide and having big kind of cuddles and being really safe and welcoming for her children. But clearly at work, wanting to be a bit more like a cat. And so we were just talking about, again, using it for an identity purpose purposes just thinking about how she can switch between those different parts of her and this was during the pandemic with working from home and blurred boundaries and then the other way that I I've used it that comes to mind again with sort of that maternity lens is as is, is offering it as a way of illustrating a point for a client that kind of makes things feel a little bit lighter so what I mean by this is one of the ways I think about career progression when a woman is coming back after having a baby, often they can be very keen and very focused on, right, you know, I'm back at work now, where am I going next? You know, what's the next step look like for me or what's the promotion or whatever it might be? And I offer the metaphor of a motorway and just highlight that, you know, you can be in the outside lane with your foot down going at 90 at high speed towards the destination if that's what you want to do. But if you're going to do that, you need to think about how you set things up around you for success. So just some of the practical things at home and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's going to enable you to be able to focus on work in that way. Or you can choose to be in the middle lane where you ease up on the accelerator just a little. Um, You're still going to get to the same destination. You just might take a little longer to get there. Equally, you can go into slow lane or you can indicate and go off. But the idea behind it is, is to kind of give them permission to recognize that there's time and there's space ahead of them and that it's choiceful how they make those decisions after, you know, having a baby and coming back to work. Yeah, that's lovely. Like if you're going to go in the fast lane, you really have to have your kid strapped up watching a film that they love, (laughs) you know, and they're going to get absorbed in and you can concentrate on the driving. Yeah. Yeah, and you can use that metaphor. That metaphor could then be used in work. If you're thinking about, if I'm going to go off and do this, do this other project someplace, I need to make sure my people are all really engaged in what they need to do. What's my setup? So yeah, it's a a great metaphor. And what I like about it is it's the the choicefulness of it. So I I choose to be in the outside lane. I can indicate any point and move. I'm not stuck here. And I think there's something about that metaphor that gives women permission to go, okay, actually, yeah. And I mean, some of them struggle with the middle lane language. They might they might recognise that they're in the middle lane, but they kind of there's something they don't like about being middle lane. Okay, great, reframe it. You know what what would be more meaningful for you? So I think it's really important that, that we don't get wedded to to the metaphor. I offer it in case it's useful, insightful, valuable, but 
don't feel constrained by it you know use it as a as a platform to leap off and create something new that's meaningful for you because everyone's different yeah i i find that just being able to have a model mm. some metaphor you have a common language set that you can use mm. that's all you're doing you're just getting and if someone's I think you said you're very visual. I am, yeah. So you've got a, a visual client. It's great to have a, a visual metaphor. Mm. So one one of the things you, you talked about reframing. Yes. Um, one, of, one of the metaphors that comes through for me, and I find myself yeah, using it quite a lot, I think about, you know, those naval ships, mm-hmm. the military naval ships. He's got these big 10-inch guns. Mm-hmm. And I was working with a client, and they were fantastic with clients, real natural salesperson. And I, I was, um, so this is a, a, a podcast, is, uh, I'm, what I'm demonstrating visually is I've got my arms pumping up and down <laughs> like these guns going off. But I'm, I've, I'm over to my right and I'm pointing to the client. I've got these great communication guns and relating guns and I'm firing them with the client. But this individual was really not very good with their internal stakeholders. It was just visually rotating myself. And so what about if you point those guns internally? And that really unlocked a whole new world for him. And that's a simple metaphor, but I found it useful again and again, just like your uh, your motorway one. But talking about this, I challenged myself to develop a metaphor. It's just that such and such is like dot, dot, dot. So I thought, oh, coaching is like. And what came up for me is coaching is like fresh water in a desert where there's little or no growth. And I was quite chuffed with that, I thought. And that came very quickly from my subconscious, really. It's just, just under the surface. What What's your metaphor? If I were to say coaching is like dot, dot, dot for you, what, what's your metaphor? Well, the metaphor that I always use when I describe coaching is to think of it like a tandem bicycle. So as the client, you be at the front of the bicycle, kind of set in the direction, saying this is where I want to go and this is a route I want to take. Um, and my role as a coach would be to sit at the back, being that resourceful co-navigator, providing support, providing encouragement, also providing challenge. But we're on that journey together. And I think what, what I particularly like about the metaphor is that the client is at the front. So they're yeah. very much the one needing. I have to say, I must just give credit to Claire Pedrick. I will put this in the show notes, but um, I actually heard her describe coaching in that way and it stuck with me and I use that a lot whenever I describe it. Right, right, understand. The other thing which because our, our our question was, you know, when's it useful in coaching? Another thing where it's useful is in supervision. Yes. Oh, my goodness me, yes. Uh, and we use metaphor a lot in supervision. Mm. Um, we've been in the same group supervision, mm-hmm. and we've we've been asked to think of, right, if when you're with this client, what's the dance? Is it a jive or a American smooth or an Argentine tango? Yeah, what's the dance you're in? And the reason that we, we would think about it in that way for our listeners who are thinking, why would you think about a dance? Is because it's interesting to see who's leading and, you know, the energy of the dance. What else? How, how close and intimate you are. Yes, yeah, whether your arms you know, length. Like for me, yeah, like the Argentine tango is a really intimate dance. Yeah. You know, you're really closely connected. And that's very different from being, like, doing disco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 and it, I, I was in supervision once and I was asked to describe this individual as an animal, client as an animal. Yeah. And w- what popped into my head was a rhino. 
<laughs> and I thought, yeah, because he was a sales lead. He was tough. He was charging. But, you know, the thing is that rhinos often charge because their eyesight's really bad. Mm. And the, and so they'll charge at things when they, they don't even know what's there, really. Mm their automatic reaction is to charge. And I got access suddenly to all this thinking about this client of being actually feeling a bit threatened, mm. you know, <laughs> being in just in the grip of this, these normal, these programmed reactions that that's actually not the relevant thing to do, were they under threat or not. So that was just really transformational for me to just it access, it allowed me to access a whole bunch of other thinking about that client. Yeah, and I think it's just so insightful, isn't it? And it's so easy, so valuable for us as, as coaches to be able to step back and think about our clients in a completely different way to see if that brings new knowledge new learning for us to inform you know how we work with them and the other one I like from supervision I mean there's there's plenty of things to choose from here but is the the question if you were if you were abandoned or is it what is it if you were if you were if you were on a desert island with your clients you know what would happen which can get you thinking about well, who's in charge, who can, who kind of, you know, builds a shelter, who gets the food. Are we on the same side of the island? Are we on the opposite side of the island? Is one of us getting in the sea and trying to escape? You know, what's going on? I, I'm smiling as I say this because I think it's quite a fun way um, exploring the, the, the dynamic between you and your client. And so I think if I'm commissioned, I, I'm not sure if in the order if this is going to be before or after our, our uh, talk with James Edgar, as HR director, but one of the things he was saying was to be very discerning about your the coaches you use. Mm. And so, you know, when you're interviewing coaches for use in your business, you know, one of your questions could be, how do you use metaphor? Mm. You know, just because you'll get an insight mm. into what sort of coach you're recruiting into the organization just by that question. I think I I think that might be a useful question mm, to ask. Absolutely, why not? And, and equally for a client who's looking to work with a new coach. As a coachee, what kind of coaching can I expect? How might you use metaphor to help me think differently? Yeah, good, good idea. So, but bottom line, so why why should we bother with metaphor? Well, you know the thought that just come up for me just as we were talking there, when you were talking about your Buddha. Is it Buddha, the person with the Buddha in their pocket? Yeah, a little Netsuki. It's a little Japanese. It's when you had a robe, you would put you the rope that kept it cinched at the waist. Mm. You would put the rope through this little, and it would lock, basically. You would use it to lock your belt, sort of called Netsuki. Well, one of the things that I find so powerful is is the reframing that it can offer. And so reframing basically means looking at something from a different perspective. And so a couple of examples I would share. So one is Amy Cuddy does some great a great TED talk about power posing. And so yeah. often when I'm working with a client, you know, who wants to come across in a particular way or build their confidence in a particular meeting or, or a, a conversation is to do a power pose before they go into that meeting. So again, that's going out of your head, getting into your body, thinking about, right, who am I going to be? You know, who am I trying to channel as I, as I stand here and draw strength and, you know, get a wide stance and maybe put my hands on my hips or whatever it is that I need to do and take some deep breaths and remind myself that I can do this. Um, and often what I'll offer is, okay, so is there someone out there in the world, could be alive, could be dead, could be a celebrity, could be someone that you know, who would be quite inspiring that you'd like to think about as you're channeling this part of you when you're in this meeting. And that can be a really useful hook or anchor 
for clients. And actually, I had this experience myself personally once when I was on a coaching workshop and they were demonstrating it. I can't remember what the example was I was sharing. Essentially, I was I was asked that question, who would be my kind of celebrity person who I would find inspiring in that moment? And it was really embarrassing because what came to mind was Beyonce. and basically I just had this image of Beyonce just kind of standing in front of me kind of shaking her her finger in a really kind of sassy way as only Beyonce can basically kind of saying you go girl you know don't you worry about anyone else you do your thing but it's it stuck with me I mean that was like seven eight years ago I remember having that revelation and I still think about that every now and then you know when I'm I don't know lacking confidence about something I kind of channel my Beyonce so I think there's it's a very long-winded answer to your question but there's something quite powerful about that reframing yeah and I think your bottom line for me is just like you say metaphors can be transformational Mm. absolutely transformational so when we get stuck in particular patterns and habits you know they're, they're ingrained and conscious but Bringing, but you can use metaphor that brings that unconsciousness into our awareness. And I think what you say is, it, you know, it's, it, we can have a greater depth of understanding and we are then choiceful in how we can respond. Absolutely. I think the thing from NLP is what we're aware of, we can control. What we're unaware of controls you. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So top tips. So I think there's something here about just see, experiment with metaphor today you know listen to people as they talk listen to yourself as you talk listen to the radio and the tv how do people use metaphor and just raise your awareness about the value it can bring yeah bring bring metaphor into your conscious awareness yeah. uh, and another tip would be if you don't have a, a good one for any significant situation get one <laughs> i mean r- really is is especially when it comes to change or anything like that what's the metaphor that you can use? Mm. It just makes really complex things much more simple. So if there's something important, if you don't have a metaphor, just think about it. Mm. And even think about how you might use it in your communication with people. So in your personal life as well as home life, you know, it could just be at the, you know, the way I'm feeling at the moment is like, you know, I'm running around spinning lots of plates in the air, for example. And that just really helps. You were talking about using it with your kids. Yeah, I'd use it with my kids, I'd use it with my husband. Um, but just think about how can I use metaphor to illustrate or really demonstrate how I'm feeling. And then and then yes. the final one I would offer is just I think it's really important as a coach to reflect on our practice. Um, so thinking about how we were in the coaching session, you know, use some of those supervision type questions that we were talking about. Um, but equally as a as a coachee to reflect. Um, and just everyone, uh, to, if, they, if, if you if you practice journaling, um, just taking that time and that space to reflect on your feelings and your responses to situations, a bit like I described with my daughter, um, I think can be really, really powerful and really quite insightful. So as we draw the curtains together to close the show, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, we appreciate any feedback. Uh, we're keen to respond to any questions out there about using and implementing coaching so please email us at info at the coaching question.com i realize that listening to other podcasts they ask people to subscribe so if you're not subscribed <laughs> please do subscribe and please also give us a five-star rating on itunes if you can it helps us spread word to a wider audience really looking forward to our next one and we shall see you next time thanks again 